the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Hello, guys, and welcome to another edition of the show, the Newsmax Daily, a podcast that is now international. Last time I heard, we had uh, 32 countries. We were on in 32 countries. I don't know which one of those countries they are. I mean, I know Great Britain, Australia. I get, I get some uh, interesting emails from people all over the place. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. So wherever you are uh, listening, welcome uh, and bienvenue. Uh, you know all that stuff. Glad to have you listening. All right. So there's much to get to tonight. The president of the United States is going to deliver an address before 200 people in uh, in Congress about how he's going to spend some more money. And he's going to guarantee 12 weeks of paid leave to employers. Uh, That's going to be devastating. He's going to guarantee two years of free college, which will do nothing but enrich uh, universities around the country and uh, get kids uh, halfway toward a worthless degree. So there's that. My son is in college, and uh, I expect him to pay for his college. I mean, I help him out, but uh, I had to pay for my college. uh, And you know what? If you're going to spend money to get a worthless degree, you should pay for it. And if you take out loans, that's your problem. You got to pay them back because uh, you're an adult. So there you go. That's all happening tonight. It'll be, uh, it, it's just going to be a big spin fest. It's going to be a couple trillion dollars that we don't have. It's going to cause the currency to collapse. It's already causing grocery prices to rise, gas prices about up 50% where I am. So how are you liking that first 100 days? I'm not liking the first 100 days very well. No, not, not very much at all. I am only concerned because there's a lot of damage that can be done before November of 2022. That's my biggest fear. President of the United States came out yesterday, uh, walked out from the White House to the podium wearing a mask, even though he was completely by himself. Uh, The visual is absurd. The, uh, The visual is idiotic. You saw the other day the president had his big uh, climate summit with nations that won't abide by it, but we will drag down our economy to meet all the emission standards. And he was the only person in the room, there were different rooms, it was a Zoom call. He was the only one wearing a mask. I also might mention this, and Maria Bartiromo noticed it. He was also the only world leader without the country's flag behind him. Kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. You know, but, you know, anyway, the uh, the president of the United States walked out wearing a mask, then uh, then took the mask off when he got to the podium, when he got close to people. Here's a little bit of uh, the exchange about about masks. And if you're really good, if you're really good, uh, Uncle Joe is going to be watching you and he's going to be watching your every move. Uh, but, you know, if you're really good, you might be able to have a couple people over for uh, the 4th of July. If you're fully vaccinated and you're outdoors, you need and not in a big crowd. You no longer need to wear a mask. I want to be absolutely clear. If you're in a crowd, like a stadium or at a conference or a concert, you still need to wear a mask, even if you're outside. But beginning today, gathering with a group of friends. Yeah, you know, nobody's listening to you, by the way. Uh, nobody, Nobody is listening to you, sir, honestly. And if you wear a mask outside, you're a fool. All right. Uh, I don't wear a mask outside. I never have worn a mask outside. If you tell me to try to wear a mask outside, I will tell you where to go and what you can do with that mask. Yes. But it's more idiocy. And, you know, basically they're saying that you're going to have to wear a mask forever. 
This is a, a piece on Breitbart. There was no end of universal masking in sight in the United States as U.S. health officials continue to dodge the question of when face coverings will no longer be recommended. And uh, President Biden's original plan for just 100 days of masking seemingly goes out the window as his 100th day of office approaches this week. Despite various headlines from well-known established media outlets making it seem as though the uh, the agency, the CDC, gave its blessing for more maskless gatherings, that is not the case. While the guideline outlines certain situations where fully vaccinated people can forego a mask, such as visiting with unvaccinated members of a single household, this is where it gets really just stupid. This is where they make it up as they go along. They, they make it up as they go along. It says here, when visiting members of uh, more than one unvaccinated household and urges vaccinated people to continue to take precautions such as wearing a well-fitted mask while in indoor public settings, additionally, the guidance recommends vaccinated individuals continue to avoid large gatherings. You want a little more stupid? Are you ready for this? Okay. Um, all people involved in uh, outdoor or indoor activities uh, should take precautions, including wearing a mask that snug, snugly fits, staying at least six feet from others. By the way, that was just disproven the other day. Um, the whole three foot, six foot, 30 foot, it doesn't matter. It went out the window. MIT did a study on it. It's worthless, okay? And by the way, a cloth mask, I see a lot of these. And you look like a, you know, you're going to hold up a stagecoach and, and get the strong box. Uh, worthless. Absolutely worthless, all right? Continuing the example from above, if fully vaccinated grandparents are visiting indoors with their unvaccinated daughter and her children and the daughter's unvaccinated neighbors come over, they should all wear masks that fit snugly and maintain physical distance of at least six feet or to be safer, move the visit outdoors. This is due to the risk of the two unvaccinated households posed to one another. I am honestly, I am masked out. I am vaccined out. I am COVIDed out. I'm just Done. Done, done, done. I've never worn a mask outside. I never will wear a mask outside. For the first six months of the pandemic, I worked in a building. Nobody wore masks. Couple people tested positive for COVID, didn't have any symptoms. That was it. Woo! Worst pandemic in the history of mankind. <laughs> Here's a little bit more from the uh, uh, the president. Oh, and this is this is the, he was asked about why he wore the idiotic mask when he was walking by himself from the White House. I uh, one at a time. If the risk is so low outdoors, why doesn't this new guidance apply to everybody? Because the science indicates that the most certain way to make sure it doesn't spread if both people have been vaccinated, the people you're with. And you're outside. And you chose to wear a mask, sir. You chose to wear a mask. You chose to wear a mask as you walked out here. What message were you sending by wearing a mask outside alone? Well, I'm an idiot, uh, pretty much. And watching me take it off and not put it back on till I get inside. Do you have any preconditions before meeting with Vladimir Putin? I'll discuss that. Then he wears a mask. I just wanted to wear a mask. That's all there is to it. Oh, here he is, uh, his handlers. He knew that if he spoke out of the president of the United States, supposed to be the most powerful man in the entire world. He literally thought he was going to get in trouble if he uh, answered more questions. Now, you'll recall we had a president named uh, Donald Trump who'd approach the media and say, bring it, bring it, come on, bring it, bring it. And they were usually negative questions and they were usually attack questions and, and he thrived on it and he kicked their butts. But here is the president of the United States saying he could get in trouble if he takes one more question. AstraZeneca, will you make it faster to get for them to get the vaccine, the vaccines we will get soon? 
India, they're suffering at what this moment. What do you moment. say to the folks in India? Well, you Look, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to, this last question I'll take, and I, I'm really going to be in trouble. And you won't get an extra applesauce tonight at the nursing facility if you answer too many questions. Or an extra Jello. Jello's nice. Yeah, Jello's very big deal, and it's it's a big reward for him. He gets very excited about it. Here he is talking about the uh, the Fourth of July holiday. Next week, I'll be leading out the path ahead to continue our fight against COVID nineteen to get us starting to get a little slurry to July Fourth. This is our target date to get life in America closer to normal. And began to celebrate. Oh our no, we won't see that until 2024. Independence from the virus, together with our friends. There you go. So there's the uh, president of the United States uh, again. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. I'm having the biggest Fourth of July party ever. Nobody is going to wear masks, and nobody will be asked if they got the vaccine. That's just the way it's going to be. They're going to come to my house, and they're not going to wear masks, and it's a super spreader event, and everybody's going to die. No, not really. By the way, on the fifth of this month, which was what 23 days ago. 23 days ago, the Rangers and the Phillies played to a packed house in uh, Ranger Stadium. And there was no super spreader event. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, you're being played. And then Joy Reid went on MSNBC yesterday to talk to Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And, uh, and to show how bat guano crazy she is, she said she went for a jog and double masked even after getting her uh, COVID vaccine. And Dr. Gupta, I am among the fully vaccinated, uh, joined Team Pfizer, uh, and I did go jogging today in the park. Uh, and I did, this was the mask that I wore with a doctor's mask under it. And most of the people that I saw that were in the park, the park was packed. I would say like 95% of the people still had masks on. There are people who are getting really upset about that. I won't name them. Should people be freaking out that some people like myself who are vaccinated are still wearing masks outdoors? Should we do that? Honestly, I just, uh, I have no words for people who are that brainwashed. I, I just, I have no words. That she, she sounds like a, a party apparatchik. She sounds like a party apparatchik, like she is, you know, on the, the state television, which is MSNBC, by the way, and CNN, I might add, when, they're, when there's a Democrat in office. They are state television. That's what they do. Joe Rogan, who does a very popular uh, podcast, said the young people don't need a vaccine, and, and now they're calling for his firing. He's a $100 million Spotify broadcaster. Tells his millions of viewers not to get vaccinated if they're young and healthy. Okay? And they're asking him he, he get fired, and the employees at Spotify, they were going to walk out because they wanted, his, uh, they wanted his podcast eliminated because he speaks common sense occasionally. Here he is saying about uh, his comments on vaccine. If you're like 21 years old and you say to me, should I get vaccinated? I, I go, no. Yeah. Are you healthy? Are you a healthy person? Like, look, don't do anything stupid, but you should take care of yourself. You yeah. should, if you're, if you're a healthy person and you're exercising all the time and you're young and you're eating well, and like, I don't think you need to worry about that. Well, and because the death rate is, uh, is incredibly low, incredibly low with young people. Like ninety nine point uh, nine zero 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 zero. You know, I don't know. Your your chances of dying from COVID are are basically nil unless you've got a uh, an existing condition. And I'm not going to offer vaccination advice because it's not my business, and I'm not a doctor. Um, but uh, but honestly, I, I just I'm COVIDed out. I'm just I've had enough. I've just had enough of this nonsense. 
This has been the most political virus we have ever seen. It has been used to take away our freedoms in ways that we never even imagined possible. The government told us we couldn't go to church. The government told us we couldn't open restaurants and dine in them. The government told us that your kids couldn't go to school. The government told us that you couldn't go to a concert. The government tells us to wear masks indefinitely. And we went along with it. We went along with it. Unflinchingly. We, we preach freedom, and, and as a conservative, we, we preach uh, constitutional conservatism and freedom, freedom of, of choice, not regarding abortion. I'm not talking about abortion. And yet, we folded like a house of cards. We folded like a house of cards. And the government rubbed its hands together and went, wow, look what we just got them to do. This is so cool. <laughs> wow. Oh, by the way, even as uh, uh, LeBron James rants about the police and how they need to reinvent the police and how he, the officer that shot Makia Bryant, and he put a picture of him on Twitter with the caption, you're next. That was deleted. Well, apparently he, uh, he hired... Uh, off-duty police officers to protect his home after a spate of burglaries. Apparently, the department uh, said that homes were being targeted after homeowners posted to social media that they were away. You take those uh, vacation photos with your feet on the end of the lounge chair. Yeah, it says that there's nobody at your house. Thought you should know. Here's something also. Ashley Babbitt's family has announced a lawsuit against the Capitol Police officer in the fatal shooting. We don't know who the Capitol Police officer is. We know that there is a cover-up. It is official. It is a cover-up. They're filing a suit against the officer that shot her. The lawsuit follows the Justice Department announcing earlier in the month that it will not pursue criminal charges against the unnamed officer who shot Babbitt as she tried to climb through a broken door window inside the Capitol building. The family and I were disappointed in the DOJ's decision, but my role is to bring a civil action and in that way vindicate her rights. It's Terry Roberts, the uh, family's uh, attorney. Clearly, the officer had the required willfulness. He clearly could see that she was unarmed. She did not present an immediate threat to him, and there's no legal justification for shooting her. It is really, really disgusting. And by the way, the FBI also said that the man who shot Steve Scalise, he was suicide by cop, even though he fired, I think, 156 shots. He asked someone who was there, oh, who's on the field? Are they Republicans or Democrats? When he found out they were Republicans, he went and got a gun and started shooting them. That's not suicide by cop. But every branch of our government right now, guys, every single branch of our government right now is corrupt. Every branch of our government is corrupt. President of the United States is corrupt. Speaker of the House is corrupt. <laughs> Leader of the Senate, the Justice Department, the courts, the Congress. Honestly, 
if you look at what the founding fathers were up against when they penned the Declaration of Independence, and you compare it to the absolute corruption of the government today, their reason for scribing the Declaration of Independence almost pales by comparison. Nothing against them. <laughs> you know, they, they created the greatest in, engine of economic and individual freedom in the history of mankind. It's just right now the people in charge, the people who are entrenched, they are corrupt. Ted Cruz uh, was on TV yesterday talking, or yeah, last night, I guess, talking about um, what you can expect from the president's speech tonight. I, I think you can sum up the first hundred days of this presidency, and I think you can sum up the speech that we're going to hear tonight in, in three words. Boring but radical. Uh, I think Joe Biden has made a decision, the Biden White House has made a decision to be as boring as possible. And, and you think of it, after four years of every day the president driving the news, um, I think it's probably smart politics on the Biden White House for people to wake up and, and, and not ask themselves, what did the president tweet last night? Uh, what did he say? Right. I, I think you'll see a very quiet... What, is, what he was told to say, what he was told not to say. Uncle Joe speaking... And, and giving calm, soothing words, but the underlying policies that are being implemented, this is not a moderate agenda. This is not a unity agenda. This is a radical agenda. Biden has handed the Democratic Party over to Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and AOC. And in 100 days, we've seen some of the most radical policies that have ever been implemented. We've seen the Keystone Pipeline shut down, tens of thousands of jobs destroyed with a stroke of a pen. We've seen trillions of dollars of spending. And tonight, Joe Biden is going to propose trillions of dollars more. He's going to propose trillions of dollars in additional taxes. If you're an American, if you're working, your taxes are going up. He's raising corporate taxes, individual taxes, the death tax. He's capital gains taxes. He's raising taxes on everything. And then the radical plan that I don't expect him to talk about, but it is front and center to his agenda, is to pack the U.S. Supreme Court to put four radical leftists on the court to take away our, our free speech rights, our religious liberty rights, our Second Amendment rights. This is truly a radical agenda, uh, and, and, and I think that's what we're going to see laid out in, in calm and dulcet tones tonight. And the founders of our country are spinning in their graves like baseball bats on a lathe. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. One of the uh, George Floyd jurors, uh, the George Floyd trial, I should say the uh, Derek Chauvin trial, spoke out. His name is uh, Brandon Mitchell. He was on uh, CBS to talk about his experience as a juror and presumably getting out in the front as far as uh, a book deal. Thank you for your willingness to to share with us what went on inside that jury room and the deliberations. Please tell us. Um, well, first, I want to start off by sending my condolences to the Floyd family. Um, I haven't got a chance to do that publicly, so I want to do that first and foremost. I also want to thank Black Lives Matter for not burning down my house. Um, but no, the deliberation room, it was pretty much, um, for the most part, it was straightforward. Uh, there were a few hiccups with, you know, terminology and understanding exactly what the instructions were for each case. Uh, but like I said, for the most part, we got in, we got out. Um, there wasn't too much banter back and forth. Was there one juror, though, on one of the lesser charges that uh, was a holdout for a while? No, because they were so terrified of having their homes burned down and their families killed. Yeah, so, I mean, 
we probably deliberated for four hours, and of that four hours, it was, it was um, I guess we were going over more so the terminology um, that was being used to make sure that we understood exactly what was being asked. Um, I think the one juror that was kind of, I wouldn't say slowing us down, but um, was, was being um, delicate with the process. Maybe thorough and deliberate. More so. Kind of need that when you're a juror. Um, was just kind of... Uh, Hung up on a few words within the within the instructions, um, and just so okay. Let me see. So you're saying that guilty is the opposite of innocent, right? Okay. And now is innocent the same as not guilty? Okay. I just yeah, just checking. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Oh, did you hear? Hunter Biden is going to be teaching a, uh, <laughs> a class at Tulane University. He's a Yale-educated lawyer, profited from his father's political connections his entire adult life. Never has worked as a uh, as a reporter, but he's going to talk about fake news. Now, I find this is kind of funny because Donald Trump came up with the uh, phrase fake news because uh, liberal news outlets like CNN and MSNBC are fake news. They they went after a Russian collusion hoax for two years. That's the fake news. So it's ironic that this man who has been covered up, he's been, he, has, he has had his story, his laptop covered up before the election. Unbelievable. I wouldn't want my daughter in this class. I wouldn't want my son in this class. And if you notice, you haven't heard a thing from him. He did that PR tour about his book, which sold 10,000 copies in a country of 330 million people. 10,000 copies. America knows he's a scumbag. <laughs> there's, there's no respect. There's no admiration of Hunter Biden. There never has been. There should not be. Oh, some other uh, other people who have been uh, invited to speak. Dr. Deborah Burks, Juan Williams, political analyst for Fox News Channel, who was hired because they felt sorry for him for being fired from NPR. Margaret Sullivan, Washington Post columnist, oddly enough. Kylie Atwood, national security correspondent for CNN. Margaret Brennan, Face the Nation moderator, Brett Stevens, the New York Times columnist, all very left of center. Uh, wow, wow, wow. Unbelievable. Eddie Gloud was on MSNBC to talk about the police, and um, there are those who are crying that uh, the police need to be completely dissembled. They are completely corrupt, which is a lie. And when I share some statistics about what black Americans say about the police, um, I think you'll be surprised. Because oddly enough, some of the biggest supporters of the police are those supposedly who the police are targeting unfairly. Now, there was a gentleman who was killed, uh, Andrew Brown Jr., in North Carolina. Now, nobody knows the facts of the case yet. They're saying that he had both of his hands on the wheel and he was shot in the head from behind, executed by the police. Well, that's nonsense. But I'm going to wait for the facts to come out. But they've already made up their mind on MSNBC. And here's Eddie Cloud and his thoughts about the police. And again, he's living in a fantasy world where facts do not exist. Yeah, you know, I, I, I still think about, you know, Dave Henderson's comment on, on, on this network where he talked about, you know, you can't win. Right. If you beg for mercy, George Floyd, you die. If you say that you're afraid. Lieutenant Nazario, you're humiliated. If you comply, Philando Castile, you die. 
There is there is a rot at the heart of policing in this country that we have to that we have to a rot at the heart of policing. That is an absolute mischaracterization and an inflammatory lie. Root. Um, and it's not just simply how bad dare apple. you? Do you know how many people put on their uniform every morning, kiss their spouse goodbye, not knowing if they'll come back? You, you have any idea the horrors that police officers go through? That they, they see murder scenes, they see traffic accidents, they they see a domestic violence, things that you could only dream of that you wouldn't be able to sleep for the rest of your life. And yet you're saying there's a rot at the center of policing, and that's a lie. It's systemic. No, it's not. The way in which it is not. Which our communities are policed, there's a presupposition, Craig, of generalized disregard that our lives just simply don't matter as much as others. And let me be clear. Now, no, the only black lives that don't matter to you are when black people kill other black people. And that happens at 12.9 times the national average, sir. We tell our children these what they're supposed to do when police approach them. But if a police officer has decided on that day that they're going to treat our child as less than a human being, there's nothing we could tell them. There's nothing you and I could tell them that would save their lives. Yeah, this is, you know, one day the police officer just wakes up and says, you know, I'm going to disregard somebody's humanity just for, you know, bleeps and giggles. Wow. I tell you what, I, honestly, MSNBC, dear Lord, dear Lord, 70% of black Americans support the job their local police are doing. CBS YouGov poll found out that 70% of black Americans believe their police are doing a somewhat or very good job. The remaining 30% said they were doing a somewhat or very bad job. Whites, it was 82 and 18% respectively. Among Hispanics, 77 rated their police favorably compared to 22 unfavorably. Overall support for local police came in at 79 and 21. Uh, in a poll of criminals, 100% say the police are doing a terrible job. I just added that. The results for males and females were identical. 79% of each group said they support the local police, while 21% did not. Well, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call if you, you, just, you do not think they're doing a good job? You know, honestly, if your house is being broken into or you're being robbed or somebody stole your car, you need to be your own private detective because, uh, honestly, the police are terrible. Unbelievable. Liberals, the figures were 71-29, moderates 80 and 20, conservatives 89 to 11. So even under, even liberals almost, almost sound like they might have a modicum of common sense, but uh, I wouldn't hold my breath. 76% of Biden supporters approved of their local police, while 23% did not. Trump supporters 89 and 11. <clears throat> 89% support. There you go. There you go. So. Here is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's having a big back the blue rally in Columbus, apparently this Saturday. I believe we need law and order in our country. I need I believe we need less gun control laws because the streets are safer when we are supporting our police and the streets are safer when we have more legal gun owners being able to protect themselves. Shootings are up 275% in New York City. This is their homes and their families. They cut a billion dollars out of the police budget. After this past year where we've seen nothing but riots and chaos coming from the left, Antifa and BLM, yet the media wants to call those peaceful protesters. So you see, that's the big lie that is being carried out. But attacking police over it is, is completely wrong because it's the police that have had to stand there and be attacked night after night after night by these thugs and domestic terrorists ripping apart these communities that they claim they're trying to help. So police reform, no, I don't think we need 
police reform. I think we need to back the blue and we need to stop gun control. Okay, there you go. I agree. Thank you very much. I know that's a big surprise, right? That I agree. Oh, and I saw this story today about how uh, police in uh, Seattle are leaving in mass. They're they're quitting. They just they don't want to do it anymore. I don't blame them. They don't have the support of the of anybody. Certainly, Portland. Portland does not have the the support. Um, you know, and I could go off on, on all sorts of different municipalities. And each one of those municipalities that don't support their police, their uh, crime rates are through the ceiling, and they're generally run by Democrats. So there you go. Andrew Cuomo held a presser yesterday. He held one yesterday as well. Of course, he denies uh, the dozens and dozens of people who have come forward to say he either uh, uh, groped them, sexually harassed them, uh, bullied them, uh, you know, and uh, they're all just making it up, right? I mean, why would, you know, 80 people come forward with allegations of a guy being a complete bleep hole, uh, you know, unless they were just telling a lie to take him down. No, actually, he's got a track record of being a bully. Here's a little bit of his presser yesterday. The date, did you also inquire about her sexual harassment history? Did you say anything to her, as she said, were, were you asked, yeah, were okay. you raped? Did you, did you say that to her? Did I you got, ask those questions? This is what I said. Uh, and what you reported yesterday is not what I said, as you know. Yeah, that's okay. Um, the, I said I didn't do anything wrong. That's what I said. When I was in the attorney general's office, when I was an assistant district attorney, I used to say to my team, be careful when you only hear one side of the story. Uh, I say to my daughters now, be careful when you only hear one side of the story. And stay away from 64-year-old creepy Democrat lawmakers. You've only heard one side of the story. I said yesterday, I haven't done anything wrong. I said from the beginning, I haven't done anything wrong. I said to anyone who uh, I made feel awkward, or misinterpreted. There you go. That's called blaming the victim. Uh, my comments. Uh, I apologize, but I didn't do anything. I wasn't groping. I was cupping. Thank you. Wrong. It's completely different. If someone felt awkward, I apologize. Oh, sorry about that. Let me just uncup your breast. Does this does this make you feel uncomfortable? Who, as a boss, would ask an individual, especially a younger woman, about their sexual harassment? Yeah, well, let's let's about get both sides of the facts, and then we'll see what you. Think. Both sides of the facts. That doesn't make any sense. There's only one side to the facts. Facts are facts. There's not non-facts. You know, I think when you hear both sides of the story. And Governor, if you want to clarify, okay, let's I mean, just, well, Governor, let's, if you go ahead. clearly, yes, ma'am. Governor, did, do, you, did, do you think that you foster a toxic work environment, which no. has been, which has been reported? Well, about eighty people do. By people that have worked for you, they have said that you and even top aides like Melissa DeRosa have made women and other other aides feel uncomfortable. Do you think? What can you do to change that? If you have individuals who work for you and who currently work for you saying that. Yeah, I know that's what you report that people say. Let's get both sides of the story. No, that's actually what they said. There's no reporting it. It's just that's what they said, and then we just presented them saying it. So, yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I, honestly, he's got to be thankful for all of the chaos in Washington, D.C. that keeps him out of the headlines because he should be gone. He should be gone. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's kind of the theme of the day. Unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. 
right, let's move on to some great guests and great commentary from Newsmax. Did you realize that uh, Rob Schmidt had Scott Bayo and Adam Carolla on last night? Here he is talking to Scott Bayo about uh, Los Angeles descent into uh, H-E double hockey sticks. Uh, it, it really is a problem here where you, on any main drag uh, in the San Fernando Valley here or on, on the west side uh, in Los Angeles, you can't go two blocks without seeing four or five homeless people or a couple of tents or a whole bunch of tents. If you go downtown, mm-hmm. it's... Can you believe the mess that Democrat mayors have made in cities around the country? It's insane. If you go to, down to the beach, go down to Venice, you, it, you would think that there are no people there other than homeless people. Um, it, is, it is bad. It is very bad. And think about what's going to happen if they, they, they bump up the... Uh, Minimum wage. We jump that up to 15 bucks an hour and you lose all those low wage jobs. It's going to get even worse. I mean, some of these liberal policies, they just don't understand what they're going to do uh, if they're actually. And, they, and you know what? The thing is, even though they've seen the murder rate going up in all these cities, they're still calling for the police to be defunded. Implemented. I want to talk about something. We saw the Oscars ratings plummet. Uh, which, of course, we really enjoyed seeing. Um, we watched the actors criticize cops again. They went far left. Uh, how insane is it to watch everybody focus on a handful of potentially bad police interactions every year, which is what we're doing as a country right now. We're focusing solely on that and ignoring literally hundreds of deaths a day as our cities deteriorate and crime goes up. That, my friends, is a good question. Rob, the, 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 the whole paradigm has shifted. It's bad people are good, good people are bad. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of it all. I mean, I watched about 20 minutes of the Academy Awards last night, and frankly... You made it 20 minutes? Oh, my God, that might be a record. I was embarrassed. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't care who was... I on made it zero seconds. On it, what the awards were, it, it looked such... It looked like an amateur show. They had a game show in the middle of it. They had poor Glenn Close shaking her rear end around. Yeah. Um, and the, the whole situation here is, is, is embarrassing. And yeah, I, it is embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Here is, now, this is really funny. I don't know if you knew this, but, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter, uh, Patrice Coulors, or whatever her name is, she, uh, you know, claims to be, claims to be a, uh, a Marxist. Now, if you're a Marxist, you're going to be living in a collective uh, preferably probably some sort of uh, g- government housing and and eating, uh, uh, you know, vegetarian patties and and walking around with your fist in the air. And, uh, you know, uh, but no, she's not. No, she's living the life of luxury, man. She has never produced anything in her life but division and damage. Well, barely, uh, apparently the activist group Reform LA, founded by Black Lives Matter, Patrice Cullors, another opportunity to get more money spent $26,000 at a luxury Malibu resort in 2019. Suites at the Calamingos Guest Ranch and Beach Club are described as cozy ranch chic and cost $1,200 a night in peak summer months. That's pretty Marxist. Campaign finance records show the five-figure sum was spent on mysterious meetings and appearances. A spending watchdog said an audit would be required to uncover whether any campaign funds were illegally used for personal purposes. Reform LA Jails paid $191,000 to a consulting firm co-founded by Colors and her spouse and Black Lives Matter co-founder, Jenea Khan. Khan? Khan! Whenever I say that name, I've got to do my best, Captain Kirk. Wow. Nice work if you can get it. Here is Adam Carolla uh, speaking with Rob Schmidt about this conference. 
Uh, this cracked me up. BLM leaders jail reform group reportedly spent $26,000 at a luxury resort. Uh, you can see, I think they stayed in Malibu where they stayed, uh, not too far from you. Pretty nice place for Marxists on your podcast. You spoke with Jason Whitlock. Should have gone to Cuba. About BLM co-founder Patrice Coolers buying multiple homes, a couple of them in L.A. Take a listen to this. Do you know Topanga Canyon? Not really. Topanga uh, Canyon is so white that the people are actually clear. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to put it. It's kind of like Malibu Light over there in Topanga. Yes. Uh, priceless to watch. This woman abandoned the communities that she claims to fight for. You see BLM spending money at luxury resorts. What a joke this all is. But could it go any other way? I mean, do you actually think Black Lives Matter was set up to help young black people or middle-aged black people? And if it was, I would love to see the proof of it. You know they're not focusing on the problem because they're all their attention is on the cops when obviously the black lives that are being taken in overwhelming numbers are being taken in the inner city. So if this was actually something that they were concerned about, then you would hear them talking about the inner city and the violence that goes on in the inner city. But that's not part of their narrative. Yeah, no. 100%. And, you know, guys, the truth is getting out there. And I've been saying this for decades. I've been saying this for decades. Really, I mean, even as a, as a music jock in Columbia, Missouri in my 20s, I said this for the first time. I said, why aren't we focused on what's going on in the inner cities? Why are we focusing on the destruction of the um, African-American family, a 40% abortion rate of black babies, the, the millions, millions, millions of, of babies that could have become scientists and could have become somebody who, uh, you know, cured cancer? Thirteen times the national average murder black on black. The truth is getting out. The truth is getting out. You know, I was thinking uh, this opportunity that I have to entertain you and to inform you has come along at a very fortuitous time in my life. I I'm, I'm very glad that, uh, you know, to some degree I waited a little longer than most to get into talk radio because I felt like, I guess maybe I wasn't ready for it. Uh, I felt like I needed some life experience under my belt to some degree. And then about eight years ago, <clears throat> I decided, uh, you know, that in my 40s, I really, I couldn't lie about pretending I was interested in Lady Gaga, you know, or, or watching the Oscars and getting my take on it or sitting across the board from somebody doing Hollywood dish, you know, it's honestly, wow. I did that, I lived that for a number of years. But I think it's, uh, I think that uh, this opportunity has come along at a very good time. And, uh, and I think you and I can do a lot of great things. Because people, the truth is out there, it's coming to the surface, and it's nakedly transparent. Sorry, I didn't mean to give you that Hunter Biden visual there for a second, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Greg Kelly, uh, I love Greg Kelly. I think he's great. I'm going to get him on the show. He's uh, he's just funny. He's wry. He's uh, he's just got a, a, a really really awesome wit about him. Here he is talking about uh, mask confusion. I haven't been wearing a mask 
outside since this whole thing started. I wear it inside because I don't want any trouble from anybody. How come you're not dead? Buddy, and I, but I don't wear it outside. Joe Biden today finally said we don't have to wear a mask outside, huh? Talk about a clueless individual. There he is coming out to make the announcement that you don't have to wear a mask outside, but notice that he's wearing a mask outside. Oh, but he's on the run. You yeah, see? he did a little jog. That fake little jog. Anyway, don't do it, Joe. I warned you, you're going to take another tumble. Here's his uh, big announcement. Yes. Starting today, if you're fully vaccinated and you're outdoors, you need, and not in a big crowd, you no longer need to wear a mask. Why did you wear a mask coming out from the White House? You look like a buffoon. I mean, even more so than you normally do. Mask. I want to be absolutely clear. Yes. If you're in a crowd, yes. like a stadium or at a conference, or a concert, a concert. Yeah, you still need... That's not going to get me more applesauce tonight at the nursing home. ...to wear a mask. God, it's absolutely clear. Conference, concert, a stadium, wear a mask... <laughs> Here, uh, here, Greg Kelly is talking about the uh, this weekend, apparently 25 years uh, that uh, Chris Wallace has been on, uh, or, or I should face the, what is this show that he does? What is, is it Face the Nation? I don't even know what the show does. he does. It's not Face the Nation. But anyway, he, he does his Sunday morning talk show. And, uh, and he was on it. He's been on it, I guess, since uh, uh, the, the previous um, uh, host passed away. Um, but here's Greg. This is, this is the very self-congratulatory tribute that Chris Wallace did to himself this weekend. A couple of things about Chris. I really don't like the way he conducted the debate uh, last fall. He replaced Tony Snow, who was an outstanding individual. He seemed to be protecting Joe Biden and doing everything he could to hurt Donald Trump. He did a great job in 2016, but not so in 2020. Anyway, his show, Fox News Sunday, has been on the air for 25 years, and they won't shut up about it. <laughs> and this show marks 25 years of history-making interviews. I've been on five and a half weeks. For the past 25 years, we've been asking the key players from D.C. and beyond how their policies and actions shape our lives. And throughout the hour, a look back at some of the biggest moments of our 25 years here on Fox News Sunday. As Fox News Sunday celebrates 25 years. Yes. You don't want to miss the highlights from the past 25 years on Fox News Sunday. It has been quite a ride. Uh, yes, it has. It has been quite a ride there. Chris Wallace, I, I, uh, I don't know. What happened to him? What, what happened to him? Uh, you know, I, I remember I had him on like he, he and his wife were promoting a cookbook like four years ago. And, and I had he and his, he and his wife were on it and I didn't buy the cookbook. <laughs> wow. And I honestly, I just do not, uh, I do not like Chris Wallace anymore. I don't, I can't stand to watch him, uh, particularly after what he did with the debate. Uh, honestly, just a mess. Here's uh, Greg Kelly talking to uh, Mark Meadows about John Kerry. John Kerry apparently met uh, or did a phone call with a uh, diplomat from Iran and uh, gave up the fact that uh, that Israel had struck uh, Iranian targets in Syria 200 times. So he shared that information with our enemy. How do you read this, by the way? I'm going to put the paragraph up one more time. Who's astonished? I can't tell if Zarif is astonished because all of the uh, attacks uh, on, on, on Syria. Let's take a look at the paragraph, please. Or is he astonished that he's been told uh, if, if, if all of these attacks by Israel on Iranian interests in Syria 200 times? Why is he astonished? Uh, is it because Kerry is being potentially a traitor or is it because of the information itself? 
Well, I mean, when you read that, it's hard to tell the context, but I can tell you that just on the surface of it, it would be to the astonishment of, of, of Foreign Minister Zarif, uh, who was quoted there, but also to the astonishment of the American people. We need to have a full-fledged investigation of John Kerry. John Kerry was meeting in Iran while President Trump was in office. He was giving them reassurances that a Democrat would be in office while the president was uh, Donald Trump. And this administration, as it relates to the context of, of, of this leaked audio and what was... John Kerry is an awful person. He is an awful, awful, awful person. But I would love to know how he's been able to marry so many rich women. By, listen, Just give me a, a, some, some tips. I mean, I'm happily married, don't get me wrong. But I kind of would like to share with others, how do you how do you get like a, a billionaireess to, uh, to go out with you and marry you? This is not the first time that John Kerry has sided with the... He's done it twice, actually. Iranian government. We saw that during uh, the Iran, uh, Iran nuclear deals as they were so intent on making a what I would... How can the Biden administration be so ungodly wrong about everything? Everything. The border, Iran, climate change. Characterized as a terrible deal for America and a terrible deal for uh, Israel. But it is one of our closest allies in Israel and if this is undermining them, uh, I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, there's been lots of talk about the Logan Act with regards to some people that worked in and around President Trump. But this would be a Logan Act kind of violation, uh, depending on when it took place. This administration is not a friend of Israel. I don't know why so many uh, Jewish people vote Democrat. They're self-loathing, apparently. I really don't. I don't. I just don't understand and and we won't know the full scope of the treachery of this administration until there's a mushroom cloud above Tel Aviv. That's what I'm afraid of. That's what I'm afraid of. It's going to happen. That's their goal. They want to wipe Israel off the map. It's really uh, just unbelievable. Unbelievable. But not the first time that John Kerry has been treacherous. And traitorous. Does the president have any comment or reaction to Kerry telling the Iranians um, about covert military action on the part of Israel? We're not going to comment on leaked tapes. Leaked tapes. They comment on everything. <laughs> they they generated those. They were they leak themselves all the time, and they certainly did against uh, President Trump. Um, I do, uh, look, the administration, the Justice Department, they're not going to push this thing. They're not. I yeah, mean, let, let, me, let me make one point. When, yeah. when the White House press secretary says we're not going to comment on leaked take, uh, tapes, that's code word for watch out, please don't look any further, American people. I, I, I can tell you it's time that we have a real full-scale investigation and that we hold John Kerry and the Biden administration accountable. It sounds great. It would not be the first time that John Kerry Kerry, if this is true, uh, showed conflicting loyalties at best. We're going to leave it at this, uh, Mr. Meadows. John Kerry testifying as a newly returned Vietnam veteran against, well, troops fighting in Vietnam at that time. His brothers in arms. They told the stories of times that they had personally raped, cut off ears, cut off heads, taped wires from portable telephones to human genitals and turned up the power, cut off limbs, blown up bodies, randomly shot at civilians, 
raised villages in fashion reminiscent of Genghis Khan, shot cattle and dogs for fun, poisoned food stocks, and generally ravaged the countryside of South Vietnam. He was lying and dishonest in so many ways, and you know what, I'm so glad that the swift boat veterans of truth did not forget his treachery. There you go. Very well said, Mr. Kelly, very well said. Oh, uh, Grant Stenchfield talked to Dr. Kelly Ward. She is the head of the GOP in Arizona, where there is a uh, election uh, recount of ballots, and there should be because there was a good deal of chicanery involved in that state. Oh, also, and nobody has ever answered why the battleground states ceased vote counting at midnight and then resumed the next morning uh, with massive turnout in favor of Joe Biden. Here is uh, Dr. Kelly Ward and Grant Stitchfield. Dr. Ward, it's great to have you on the program. Hey, great to see you, Grant. Wow, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, the Democrats want to talk about the big lie when they're the big liars. They they have been lying and misleading and um, creating discomfort and covering up, to say the least, among the voters since this audit began. But we're going to persist. We're going to get this thing. This is the most, uh, honestly, the, the, the most uh, uh, a secure election in the history of the country. Why are you afraid? Why are Democrats trying to stop any investigation of voter fraud in the 2020 election? Why? I think I just answered your question. Done. They're throwing everything at this in the book and maybe some of the things out of the book, but we're not going to let it stop us. All right, here's a little bit more from Dr. Kelly Ward. All right, so Dr. Ward, you had a court hearing again today. I guess you got to go back to court tomorrow. What is up with all of these court hearings? And is it an attempt for the Democrats to stall and run out the clock on you all? Yes, it is definitely an attempt to stall. So last week, they decided they were going to file a temporary restraining order. They wouldn't put their money where their mouth is with the $1 million bond that was required. So today we were back in court. Um, with a delay tactic. There's nothing short of a delay tactic. They know that the Veterans Memorial Coliseum is leased by the Arizona State Senate, not the Republicans, the entire Arizona State Senate until May 14th. And so they're trying to throw as many um, problems into the process that they can to slow this down. On the what do you have to hide? Other hand, the, what do you have to hide? The auditors, cyber ninjas, and the people they have working with them are working around the clock as much as they possibly can to get this done by the deadline. Sooner or later, we're going to know what happened. There are too many moving parts and too many people. We are going to find out. And no amount of people shouting you down saying that it was completely, it, it was completely fine. I mean, the, the mainstream media didn't look at anything. They didn't, they, they, they immediately said that the election was completely fraud free. Next question. It's going to come out eventually. And uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist for saying that, by the way. I actually, uh, I pay attention and I do my research. Okay, let's move on, kind of wrap things up here because I've got a couple more stories I want to share with you. Um, by the way, <clears throat> Vice President Kamala Harris, I know four of the scariest uh, words in the English language, unless you get rid of the vice at the beginning and then say, President Kamala Harris, dear God in heaven, <clears throat> highlighted violence against minority groups as a root cause of migration that she wanted to tackle in Central America. 
Harris hosted a video conference with the uh, Guatemalan president, Alejandro Giamatay, I guess. I don't know how to say it. Uh, to discuss the migrant crisis, calling out violence against women, indigenous people, LGBTQ people, and Afro-descendants in the country. I thought it was climate change. I thought it was climate change. It was just a week ago it was climate change. And, and they're coming here because I assume that there's no climate change here. Right? Although yesterday I experienced climate change. Yeah, the day before yesterday, it was like 51 degrees. Yesterday it was 80. Yeah, climate change. Crazy. Crazy. Oh, hey, an even worse book than, uh, than Hunter Biden's book. Uh, Adam Schiff is writing a book called Midnight in Washington, How We Almost Lost Our Democracy and Still Could in a Social Media Post. He announced it on Tuesday. He's been working on it for a year. It's going to be about uh, uh, former President Trump's impeachment process, which was a fraud because he wasn't impeached. I mean, he was impeached, but there was no evidence of anything, any wrongdoing. Just when you think that, you know, uh, Andrew Cuomo, despicable human being with the book deal. And then you got uh, Hunter Biden, despicable human being with a book deal. And now this man who has the appeal of a rotten fish. Uh, he said, when I decided to write the book, I said it would explain how Donald Trump put our democracy so deeply at risk, how things we never imagined could happen here did happen and worse could follow. Yeah, you know, like government telling you can't go to church. God, what a tool. What a tool. The Democrats have a full toolbox, by the way. Oh, um, the talk, the TV show, the talk, apparently their ratings plummet after they fired uh, Sharon Osbourne. Sharon Osbourne, very polite, uh, well, somewhat polite uh, little British woman. I met her a couple times. It's really a very cool person. It returned to the air on April 13th uh, for its first episode nearly a month after Osbourne's abrupt exit after getting in a heated argument with Cheryl Underwood, who, of course, cried racism over uh, her support for Piers Morgan. The talk came in last place in both the women demographic 18 to 49 with a 0.23 rating. You know what that means? Of all the women watching television between the ages of 18 and 49, they got 0.23% of them. <laughs> and women 25 to 54, a 0.35 rating. That is really, really terrible. That will not keep the lights on. No, 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 no. Oh, this is pretty funny. This is ears, ears. This is this our country, you know, right now, and and the decay of uh, of uh, culture and and civility. This is a, a story coming out of, um, I guess, in uh, Mayfield Heights, Ohio, where there was a, <laughs> a melee <laughs> at a uh, at a Chuck E. Cheese. Mayfield Heights police are called to the Chuck E. Cheese in Golden Gate Plaza after a large fight breaks out. Okay, is it physical? Yes, yes. There's three tables in my showroom. And then another 911 caller reports that one of the nearly 20 people involved in the brawl pulled out a gun. I cannot see who has the gun. I don't know who has the gun, but it's Sturger here. Can you please hurry up? When officers arrive at the restaurant, there is chaos. They encounter a woman who is threatening other customers and refuses to stop, ignoring repeated efforts by one of the officers to get her to calm down. They eventually get her to sit down, but it does not last. It's okay. The woman gets up and starts to run toward another customer. 
but police are eventually able to stop her. <sighs> Witnesses say the large... The funeral for civility will be this Sunday. Visitation Saturday night. ...fight started after two small children got into an altercation and their mothers confronted each other. These things will happen when you're full of pizza and in a ball pit. And one of them spit in the other's face. And not very good pizza. And then it happened again. I'd be more mad about that. Right in front of the police. We need more cars in here. Every time police believe the situation is starting to calm down, angry words are exchanged, and the customers try to get at each other again, in full view of all of the children still in the restaurant. Officers from four surrounding communities... Who are the children and who are the adults? ...summoned to Chuck E. Cheese, and eventually order is restored. Well, maybe you shouldn't start a fight in Chuck E. Cheese. I didn't start a fight! Okay. I paid a thousand dollars to be quiet and just don't have a party! They came over here and started a... Paid a thousand dollars for a party? Investigators say one of the women had a gun in her purse. Oh, that's good. She did have a concealed carry permit. Oh, that's good. But it turns out Chuck E. Cheese does not allow guns inside the restaurant. Is this your purse? Yeah, remember, kids, when you're at Chuck E. Cheese, don't take your gun in with you. <sighs> wow. And finally, did you miss Earth Day on uh, Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon, the network that has shows like SpongeBob SquarePants on. Well, apparently they decided to get all woke, 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 which is another word for stupid. <laughs> they did a one-hour special called Nick News, Kids and the Impact of Climate Change, and they got throttled for it. Here's a little sample of the show. Black snow, the thick soot that pollutes Pahokee, Florida. There's Cancer Alley, which is an area along the Mississippi River in Louisiana that's lined with oil refineries and air so toxic in New York South Bronx that 20% of children have asthma. What do these cities have in common? Racism. They're all examples of environmental racism. Yeah, can we get back to SpongeBob? I like the one where the uh, the, the spatula guy, you know. A form of systemic racism. When he got the really expensive spatula. That's a really funny one. Where minority. Who's had a French accent. And low-income communities. Yeah, I had kids, uh, you know, and we watched SpongeBob every episode. These are surrounded by health hazards because they live near sewage, mines, landfills, power stations, major roads. In Philadelphia, it's hazardous waste. In San Carlos, Arizona, it's a mining project that would dishonor an Apache sacred site. But it has never been more devastating and harmful than in Duplin, North Carolina, where, believe it or not, the number of hogs outnumber the number of residents. Yeah, well, it's called a farm, <clears throat> you know, and, uh, and it's a big farm, and, and it's a small town located near a big farm. So, yeah... Yeah, I hate to tell you this, but uh, squirrels actually outnumber residents in my neighborhood. They do, seriously. In my tree out front, got, literally, there, there are three people who live in this house. There are at least six squirrels in my front yard. So, yeah, this kind of happens. Just really, really, really just play stinking SpongeBob. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for the show today, guys. I hope you uh, enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed being here with you. And uh, if you would, please make sure to uh, share with others, would you please? I'm not talking about pizza at uh, Chuck E. Cheese. I'm talking about the podcast. Just go to Newsmax.com slash podcasts and share that link. And then you'll see all the digital platforms where available. Apple, uh, iTunes, uh, Anchor, you know, it's just all over the place. It's growing. It's spreading. And a mask won't stop it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, oh, also download the Newsmax app, would you, on your cellular telephonic device. I'd appreciate that as well. In the meantime, 
God bless you guys. Uh, common sense is going to know it's going to become common again. All right. It's going to become common again. Don't lose faith. The, 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 the 1% of very vocal, uh, nonsensical people tend to have the microphone. Not me. Not me. I mean, some people might consider me nonsensical. But, but reason will prevail eventually. And in the meantime, hang in there. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.